in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady, as it usually is. And uh, joining me today, live and in person, is Jonathan Tilger, broker extraordinaire, uh, one of the, I guess, top mortgage brokers in Canada, uh, owned one of the largest mortgage brokerages in Canada. And we have... Uh, Art joining us. Art, how are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Good. <laughs> so, so um, today, Jonathan, because it's a very different format, it's more of a conversation. I'd love to really draw on your experience of what's going on in the market, what um, what you see as like current rates, where they're going, where they've been, what's happened since this time last year, because there's a whole bunch that we can cover there. And then, of course, let's talk about the looming possibility and what factors go into, um, I hate to say it, but dun-dun-dun, a bubble. So let's start with where are rates at today? Rates are, well, they've, they've recently just come up a little bit. Uh, but if we go back, like just really a month ago, you could get five-year fixed insured rates at like one one and a half percent. Mm-hmm. They've recently come up. We're hovering around the 2% mark. I mean, I say give, give or take uh, 0.1, 0.2% from there, but in around that range for insured, insured meaning that you've got less than 20% down and are paying the insurance premium. Mm-hmm. So is that what you would see posted at the, you know, when people put it on their, the big numbers on the front page of their website and the big numbers on the front page of their store? <laughs> Generally, they're not going to post what the B rate is. Yeah. They, they will usually go with, with their, their, their most aggressive rate that's out there to obviously get attention. <laughs> so we're not talking about truth in advertising. We're saying in a perfect world, this is what you get. Hey, in a perfect, hey, this, this is what's available. Yep, that's, and it, that's they, they will always read the fine print subject to qualification, subject to blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> what, uh, what's the B rates kind of sitting at today? B rates are actually in the range of, well, they start in the range that were A, A rates were at a year ago, which is in the, the low three range. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. It definitely is. That's interesting. Okay. So is there anything current that's happening in the market that you really want to share with, uh, with people? I know Art's joined us here. We may have a couple of other guests joining us or Art. Actually, you know what? Art, you just got your mortgage license. How about picking the brain of Jonathan Tilger about what's going on in the, do you have any questions about what's going on in the market today? No, no <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on in the market. I, oh. All I know is what I hear on the news. And uh, I just I just read uh, just last week that they are um, they're making it illegal in Canada or, or is it, yeah it's somewhere in I don't I don't it's just Ontario but you have to have more money to put down on a home now they they're trying to avoid people speculating and, and flipping properties. Jonathan, yeah, I just cared. I'm sure you guys know about this. It, it's uh. They're, they're trying to pass a law, and I, I can't remember whether they did or they didn't, but they're trying to make it so you can't flip properties as easily. You need to put down more than uh, what they had before. Like it has to be a bigger down payment now. 
if, if they're trying to, to implement a law, it could be that they're speculating about something. Not, nothing's come in on that effect. I mean, for, for many years, they've been tightening the regulation. And when you get back into the, the flipping property portion, the, the big part there, as far as CRA is concerned, is that, that the people who every year, every two years, they're flipping a, a property saying it's a principal residence and turning around and saying, well, it's my principal residence. Yeah. So that there, there's no, I'm not paying any taxes going, no, actually, if you're doing it on a regular basis, CRA is going to come back and say, hey, listen, this is how you're making a living. This is your business. Yes, it is your principal residence, but this is your business you are doing. Therefore, it is subject to tax. So that that, that is one thing that uh, just as far as, I'll say between tax law that that there have been a number of things changing. And, uh, and mortgage regulators are following, not necessarily directly, but following things as an indirect result of some of the tax law that, that they're coming down with. Yeah, they, that, what I read, I think it was 20%. So you'd have to have 200,000 to put it down on a, on a basic home in, in Toronto. Well, with, with the basic home starting at, at, at 1 million. So. At a million. Well, w- once you get over a million dollars, you do require at least 20% down. That's a lot. It is. So is a million. No, but I, no, but I mean, I, I, I really, I really, I, a girl I, that I, I, I know from the area, she, uh, her, her family home just sold and it needs repair. It's uh, not a particularly nice home or anything. And it's just around the corner from me. It went for $1.7 million. Like yes. this is this is incredible. Like I mean, this is this makes me think mine's worth two point seven. This is it's stupid. It's crazy. <laughs> and well, that's how is, prices is, get inflated. This is a smaller <laughs> no, but it's nuts. This is this is a this is a residential area that's uh, you know working class. It's not a it's it, well it's going it's moving up because of its location and, and a lot of the homes are teardowns and people are putting up really nice places here. But uh, they're, they're not as nice looking, the new ones, but, but they uh, definitely are bigger homes. But uh, it's, it's just nuts how it's going up. I mean, the, if you sold your home in this area two decades ago, you, you lost out on $800,000 at yeah. least. Because homes, homes sold, and the, the, the guys beside me have only been here 20 years, and they paid about 300000 for their house. Their house is worth over a million now. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, the whole market's doing that right now. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's absolutely there. There is a feeding frenzy going on in the market for, for certain. And, 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 and sales are up. Yeah. So, well, and that's that's sales up everywhere here. That's really the old adage of don't buy high. <laughs> um, but, but the, the, there are I'll just say there's two that's aspects. I buy stocks. I buy high and I sell low all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I needed jobs. <laughs> So Jonathan, what were you going to say there? So there, there, there are two sides to that. And I'm just going to say that, yes, relative to, I mean, our, as you just said, like your area, and I, I've, I've been to your house. I actually lived at your house for a, a short period of time a number yeah. of years ago. Uh, and, and I mean, it, it, it's a nice house, but it's nothing. It, it's not a house you look at and say, well, there's a multi-million dollar house. It's a, it's a nice house, but it's not, it's not your, it's not your so eye-popping, hey, that, that's how it's worth at least $2 million, But you're right. It's at, based on what's happening in the market. It's a pro- regular family home. Yeah, it's going it, to be it, worth $3 million soon. I'm putting up a fence. Because of that neighbor with that natural garden beside me, yeah, <laughs> it looks like a big cemented over anthill. <laughs> so let's get and back now, to the let's get back to the market as opposed to the anthill. <laughs> so I, 
I just got approval from the city for a fence. I've had the locates done. The fence is going in. <laughs> so so the, there, there are two, two aspects going on. One is obviously relative to how price has been in Toronto. Everyone's saying, wow, these prices are astronomical. Mm -hmm. But what's also happening with Toronto is Toronto is becoming a world-class city. It's mm -hmm. being looked at, well, it's not quite there yet. It's being looked at in the eyes, in similar eyes to your London, uh, London, New York, Vancouver. I mean, it is I, pretty well sure it's the most multi multicultural, if not close to that in the world. Yep. It's, it's becoming yeah, a it destination of choice for a lot of people that are, are saying, hey, I want to live somewhere. I, I want to move from my current home. It's becoming a destination of choice. And compared to those other cities, we are still cheap. Yes, absolutely. So, so, so while there is a, well, the prices that we're looking at are saying this is incredibly high from what we've grown up being used to. If you compare it to those other cities, we are still cheap. And that's how a lot of people internationally are looking at, at Toronto, which is why it's becoming a place that a lot of international people are investing. Yes. I just want to welcome Carl to the, uh, to the call here. Hey, Carl, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I think your audio is off, but welcome. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> as we're talking about this, Jonathan, it's kind of hard to, to not see the elements of a bubble about to happen. Um, sorry, I just have somebody, uh, I, I'll, I'll get back to her in a moment trying to join in on the call, but um, I'll let you, you expound on this. What goes into making a bubble and why are so many people talking about it right now? A lot of people, I mean, the, the whole topic of a bubble, I'll start with what goes into to starting a bubble or going into creating a bubble. It's really where there becomes a frenzy and the prices increase faster than basically the, the demand for property is outpacing the supply. And with any bubble, be it stocks, be it housing, be anything else, when the prices are increasing at such a point that there becomes a frenzy where people start saying, hey, I don't want to miss out. So they're going to keep jumping in, jumping in, jumping in. It's almost like the end stages keep pushing the prices higher because people are in the I don't want to miss out mentality. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Now, what about outside factors? Not, not just that, but I mean, rents are going down, housing prices are going up. When those two aren't in parity, that, to me, that, that looks like disaster. It definitely paints the signs that there, there could, be, could be some potential, could be a bubble. <laughs> I know you hate to commit to this, but, <laughs> but um, it, it, you know, it, it it's hard to say that it's not going to happen. A lot of people have been predicting it for quite some time. And now we're starting to see that, hey, you know what? I, what was it? Uh, a year ago, I was looking at one room bedroom apartment prices in Toronto at 2200 uh, a month. And now the same place is you know, offering rent and still hasn't rented at 1400 That's because of the virus. Well, absolutely. Um, but, you know, listening to different um, economists and stuff, they're saying the fact that this, this disparity is happening between the rents and the, uh, the home prices, that's a major, major scare factor for something to happen with a market crash. Would you agree with that? Do you have any thoughts on that? 
I I would agree with that that right there. Okay. And a, a big a big part and the big market you're talking about is particularly the the more Toronto core condo market. Well, not even just Toronto. Yeah. Pretty much every major city right now. Yes. Because we've seen record growth over the last few years in in um, you know. I don't know what the jump was in real estate price this year, but what was it? It was something like 13 or 17% back in 2017. Like it was super high and it's been consistent year over year over year since the global financial crisis in 2008. Yes. My teachers in the market have always said that real estate's about a 13 year cycle. It goes up, then it comes down for a year or two. Then it goes yes. up for 13 years. Has this been what you've seen? You're the, you're the uh, economics expert here. You went to school for it. Well, that, that's where I just say the Toronto market has been an anomaly mm-hmm. in that the Toronto market and really I'll just say Southern Ontario in general, uh, but, but on Toronto in particular, it's been an anomaly just from the standpoint of really it's gone up consistently since uh, what the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. So you say about, about 13 years, well, we're pretty much double that number. You could say 2008 ish, there was a small blip where things did come down for a, a few months but it wasn't really a hard correction or anything like that. It was just a small blip. Everyone's like, oh, wait a second. We're not the U.S. We're okay. So can you explain that just a little bit? Because why didn't we feel what our neighbors felt? Because we didn't have going on here what our neighbors to the south had happening. I mean, our neighbors to the south had really, it was prices got inflated artificially because they were, lending money to everybody so anybody could get a mortgage and they could get basically over 100 percent financing on most properties so if you could buy a property with nothing down where i i call it they went through the mirror test i mean you heard about the the ninja loans i call it the mirror test they told the mirror in front can you fog it up <gasps> okay you're approved <laughs> and it's, it's 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 kind of a joke but but it's a joke based on the fact that in a lot of places that's what was going on in the u.s so you're saying that our lending practices here make well a we don't have a subprime mortgage market which is everybody's aware that's what caused it we do have private lending but it's very very different um but in general the underwriting practices are are what saved us from feeling what they felt yes and and you just just the 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 subprime we do we do because we've got b we got private so we do have the alternative sources the big problem that happened there is the, the subprime and why i'll just say why the party continued because that subprime, the people who do not qualify through, through your A lenders, that was all being packaged up and sold off as if it was this AAA stuff. Yeah. People, people with, but when you're doing it where the credit score is half of what it should be, the income's not where it should be, and it's being packaged off as if it was, which is what was happening. And that's why that party continued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of corruption and stuff that went into that uh, um, originally, obviously, that it was greed that started that whole thing. But are we protected in the same way should another bubble occur? That that part has has never really wavered in the Canadian market. There was some loosening that was going on as far as extending out amortizations and other things. But we didn't get nearly the same effect. And nowadays, the underwriting has been tightened up by regulators so much that uh, that there is low risk of, particularly through the A lenders, of there being this massive default because things, because people have been basically, I'll say, qualified based on criteria they don't hold. So what would define a bubble in that case? So obviously, the underwriting is the upfront part. We see a lot of signs of what would 
constitute a bubble, but is it really just people defaulting on their mortgage and walking away from their homes? Well, number one in Canada, they can't just walk away from their home. Full recourse. Which in, in the U.S. market, they could essentially walk in, hold, hand in their keys, and that was it. But in Canada, they can't do that. They, they would still, they would get foreclosed on. The, the, uh, whoever the lender is would sell the property, take their money, take the money that's owed to them back. And I mean, the plus side is that after that's done, anything left over would go back to the homeowner. But if there was a shortfall after selling the property, they, they, can, still, they can still be held liable for that. So that, that's another step that's going to prevent us from really feeling the, the effects of that. Yes. Although it may be a good time to uh, start saving your U.S. money to make investments south of the border. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. <laughs> we just had uh, Nancy Das join us. Nancy's a good friend of ours and uh, uh, a mobile mortgage specialist with one of the major banks. Welcome, Nancy. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at this point, I'd really like to say, you, you know, we have a few people on the, the, the Zoom joining us here. Do you guys have any questions about this, this whole looming possibility of a bubble and, and, and what may be happening with your investments or if it's a good time to buy, if it's a good time to not buy? And, and Carl, since, since your audio is not working, you can't speak, you can go into the chat window and type in a question if you'd like to do that. If you, if you hover your, your arrow down below, you can see chat, can't hear you. But if you, if, you, if you hover your mouse down below, you'll see the chat. If you tap on that, you can, you can type in a question if you'd like to do that. I just chatted to Carl there. Yes, I see that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I guess I have a question, Jonathan. Would you buy a house right now? I'd have to really check the market, uh, but, but, but right, right, right the now. Famous, the famous Canadian, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if an opportunity came up, but I'll just say that, that opportunities that I'd be looking for aren't coming up nowadays because there's not a lot of inventory out there for sale. But right now I'm not eager to jump to buy something because mm -hmm. I just view with COVID happening with a lot of people being, I'll just say with a lot of people income being affected as a result and with us particularly in certain areas where over the last year prices have exploded by over 10% in value. I don't see that as a positive sign as a purchaser to say, Hey, I want to jump in and buy right now. Yeah. Um, seeing that massive upturn in the values <clears throat> and art, you illustrated it very perfectly at the beginning of this, uh, this, this podcast here, you know, your neighbor sold their house for 1.7 million. You think yours is now worth 2.7 and there is no realtor in his right mind. is going to tell you it's not, <laughs> he might bring you down a bit, but Hey, if, if that's what they're going for, bang on, let's start there. When that house may have started at 1.1 and it got bid up to 1.7. And now, you know, it sold that for your, so you're going to start at 1.7. They're all teardowns now too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, in your in your area, yes, it's just it's it's what a 50, 50 year old area or so, oh, yeah. and so you're you're seeing that trend happening. I like to call them the Mick Mansions. <laughs> well, they're putting two houses on one lot. Yeah, and and, and so it means they're all stairs. <laughs> Not very nice. They're long and thin. Yeah. So. Um, I was watching something, uh, uh, one of the economists out there, and they were talking about 
why they believe, especially in the U.S., why this this bubble is going to happen. I think they call it the five L's. It was lumber, labor, uh, land, lending, and something else that I can't remember. But how much is lumber affecting the house, uh, the housing prices of new houses or new building, period? Specifically, I've not looked at that, so I, I don't, but I, I know that, that the, the cost to build has been increasing quite steadily for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with, yeah, uh, I, I just know just the, the raw materials, lumber obviously being a big one in houses, the, raw, the cost of raw materials has been going up. Yes. And lumber is quadrupled in price. Yeah, which is going to obviously affect your square footage build, which means that we can't put the amount of new houses in the market they have been previously doing. If you can get a hold of lumber, I know there's been a massive shortage uh, over the last summer. Everybody wanted to build a deck, right? <laughs> so, one, one four by eight sheet of plywood, 76 bucks plus tax. Wow. Wow. I'm well, I know, uh, Jonathan. We were working on a project last summer that uh, we were looking at building for, I believe it was around, uh, what was it, $45 a square foot? Yeah. And I'd imagine that's jumped somewhere to near $80 or $90 a square foot, which is, uh, that pretty much eats up a builder's profit margins right now. Yes. So that's, I think that's a major factor in why houses are so expensive. Because they're just not making new ones like they have been. I mean, how many how many times have you seen lineups for new builds in Barrie, Alliston, all of those places, and they sell out the entire survey within a day? Yeah, it's uh, pe- people are jumping over what all whatever they can get right now. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So let's open up the uh, the floor here. Anybody uh, want to talk about anything? Any questions about the market bubbles? Any of that stuff? Nancy, I know you got questions. I'm trying to think of something here. Uh, <laughs> well, how about just telling us, how about telling us what you see working for uh, a major bank? We won't say which one, uh, just in case you're not allowed. I don't know if there's, if you want to say it, you're welcome to, but I'm not going to say it. Um, what are you seeing in any trends that's happening with the, the banks from well, your end? I just noticed in two, two recent customers, well, that we're doing like a pre-build construction. And just talking to one this morning, their build was supposed to be completed by November 2020, and it's not going to be completed until 2021 September. So they're almost a year behind just because of supply and demand of building material. And and also there, there's there's the COVID effect as well, where I know that a lot yeah. of construction projects got delayed because because they they because of laws and regulations they could not they weren't exactly allowed to work exactly yeah yeah construction i will say a a lot of guys in construction did they slowed down but they never really stopped because of the kind of nature of circulating trades so they were able to you know if they were on multi floors or houses whatever the the carpenters come in and then the the, uh, well the cement guys and then the carpenter you know what i mean so a lot of like the smaller projects didn't really have to stop but the city yeah ground to a halt Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anybody have anything before we wrap this up? I think uh, I think I think we might be good on this one. Nobody. <laughs> so I want to thank you guys for joining us today. This is our first live chat. This is a very different experience for Jonathan and I. I'm very happy that we got to have it. It's uh, it's it's very cool and and very different. I think we're going to try and do this now, uh, maybe once a month, eh, Jonathan? 
Yeah, I like that. We'll uh, we'll try and do, I guess, a live update. We'll pick a, a Tuesday in the month. We'll do a live update for everybody. Anybody who wants to join, has any questions, has any financing questions, wants to get anything uh, figured out, planned out, strategized, please don't be shy. We're, we're here for that. Any guy, anybody got anything uh, to say before we sign off? Nobody? Go once. Sorry, I missed the beginning of it. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all good. I'm glad you joined in, Nance. We're just kind of free-flowing today, so I certainly appreciate it. We'll have a little more structure for the next one as we figure out this format. But uh, as always, if anybody wants, anybody wants to get a hold of us, you can certainly send us an email at ipincome at a mortgageplan.com. I want to thank you, Jonathan, of course, uh, Art, Carl, for joining us, Nancy, all you guys uh We've, we've certainly been in contact with you guys a lot lately, so we cer certainly appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, this has been the Investment Property Income Podcast, the live edition. Thanks so much, guys. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> See you Thanks next for time. joining us. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye-bye.